I'm 20 years old. I was born and raised in Los Angeles, and now I go to school at a liberal arts college in the Northwest. How would you describe your politics or ideology? I am a Marxist. The people that have schooled me in Marxism have been described as ordo Trotskyists. I use a ton of Instagram. I use a fair amount of Twitter, and I'm on Discord a lot. Who are your biggest influences today? Adorno. My engagement with him has just been like off and on over the course of a few years. Just really want to understand him and his location in the history of the left. When did you first learn about or start visiting online political communities? Ninth grade, maybe between ninth and tenth grade, the summer. I think between 2015 and 2016. What are the platforms or communities that you started on? Yeah, YouTube is huge. But I have always been like an avid reader of Wikipedia, you know, history articles and stuff like that. Mainly YouTube was like where I really became politicized and started thinking about things in, in a political way. So my older sister got a Tumblr account when she was maybe in like eighth grade or something. I thought it was really funny. There was a lot of humor content going on. So I made an account. I started off just like, you know, making the kind of jokes that you would imagine a 12 year old makes on the internet in like a really naive, innocent way. But then because Tumblr at that time was such a identity politics, left-wing space, I got this like really deep education in that sector of the left. You know, it was like right after MOGAI. It stands for Marginalized Orientations, Genders, and Identities. And it was this huge ecosystem of people basically inventing words, creating iconography, trying to validate as many identities as they possibly could. Is that like owlkin? The kin stuff was like less a part of it. It was like gray gender. It's, it was a wild space. What kind of household did you grow up in? Blue all the way because my parents are from the West Coast, like lifelong Californians. They were like hippie adjacent in the 60s and 70s, like, or they're like the children, like basically a hippie stoner family. They were huge Obama supporters. They opposed the war in Afghanistan and Iraq. They were very aggravated by the election of Trump. Normally, at this point in the interview, I would ask, what are the online spaces that you hang out in now? But I should probably reveal that I happen to know what that is because you are a participant in the Discord. So allow me to summarize some of your experience here. Tell me if I'm right. Your major introduction to online politics is observing your sister's activity on Tumblr. She's in eighth grade. How much older is she than you? Two years. So you're, re you're really like a kid. You're like 12 years old browsing this shit. But that primes you in a certain type of way to then later explore YouTube and have uh, internet brain and open a million different tabs and like understand the like complexities of personal branding and the way that people describe themselves and their politics and et cetera. So you explore YouTube, you go through... Do you want to give us some of the channels, content creators or influencers that you discovered in that period? Sean, ContraPoints. ContraPoints is huge. I watched a little bit of Philosophy Tube, but was not so much into the style. I remember Sean had like a beef with someone named Three Arrows. I, I was watching Sean for like, because he would debunk race realism really rigorously in depth for like two hours. How did you find your way here? And what made you decide to stick around as opposed to any other community online? I was trying to find out what exactly it meant, like what exactly post-internet meant, because that was a 
important thing on Tumblr. Like it was somehow post-internet. I was just like doing research and I found your name. Maybe I found like Rhizome and I went and listened to the Rhizome podcast and they were talking to new models and I went and listened to the new models podcast and they had interviewed you and you were talking about the alt-right funnel and I was like interested in that because I had been sympathetic to like right-wing ideas when I was younger and I had found all these like political channels on YouTube where like this was apparently happening. Then I started listening to your podcast and I was like looking at a few different Instagram accounts One was Justin Murphy's, one was Brad's, and the other was yours. And I was like listening to the Justin Murphy podcast, listening to your podcast, and like looking at Brad on Instagram. And I was like, I want to buy like a Patreon of like one of these people because they're all like really interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that uh, (laughs) you picked the right one. That's (laughs) you definitely picked the right one. so that's okay. That's a fascinating story of of discovery. I guess there's like a a web of different shared references of like post internet stuff that circulates, and then there's politics and uh, radical ideologies on social media. You were speaking to my experience, going online and seeing this like insane, in depth political discussion happening that was going right to the heart of political issues and really looking at the base of things like and that and there's no other place you could get that as a young person there there has to be a way to prevent those really far right things from taking root that isn't just saying they're bad on MSNBC every night which is you know my dad would watch Rachel Maddow every single night oh, and no. that was all that they would do right yeah, yeah yeah interviewing those people who had who had gotten these like wacky ideas but that were had a really firm grounding in their individual experience was something that I'd never, I'd never seen before, and it was really personal to me. Are there YouTube content creators today that you like? We've talked about this in the past, but I got really into over COVID like gun culture online, and a lot of that takes place on YouTube. So I started watching prolific amounts of forgotten weapons, and he's not really political. But then I would go and branch out into these other parts of that of the gun subculture, like libertarian, Second Amendment, patriotism subculture. I still consume a little bit of that, but it's not really that important. It was kind of a like a passing interest. A lot of what I listen to is the work of a, an Estonian man named Bronko Malich, who has a very small like 1000 subscriber YouTube channel that's like his podcast where he does his like conservative criticism of Hegel all the time. Do you listen to any podcasts? I used to be like, I got into Red Scare in high school (laughs) and that whole space. I've heard a lot of come town. I've heard a lot of true and on. I have Reuters and NYT notifications. So that's like for like instant more headline stories. But most of my news is through my Instagram feed or like on discord specifically the the cell. I follow a lot of like guerrilla journalist Instagram pages that talk about like third world conflicts. I follow Popular Front. I follow Rose Warfare, Conflict Collective, really political stuff. Like I want someone who's really going to get into the weeds about, about the history of the left at the theoretical and practical level. And there's nothing that I've found like that. You're a participant in one of the Platypus reading groups their podcast schedule is more or less infrequent and they are really in the weeds about the history of the left. Kind of. I think they point 
they point to a lot of stuff in that they get further into like on panels and in reading groups. Sure. But those things aren't always recorded or easy to listen to. You've been doing this since you have a kind of crash course introduction on Tumblr at 12 through watching your sister browse all these communities. You kind of explore these things. You get deeper through the tiers of the iceberg. What would be your advice to someone who's, say, age 15 now, and they're starting on a similar exploration? I would say don't be shy and go to a platypus reading group. <laughs> like, I really would. I mean, so much of, like, there's so much that, that you can gain just from having conversations, not even doing the reading. I almost never did the reading when I went to that group. But talking to the people who were fully members who had, you know, degrees in art history or were doing their doctorates, having someone who actually knows what the hell they're talking about and you're with them live in the moment is something that we don't have nearly at all today. I mean, not not in college, not in the academy, not on social media, really. Like the digital platforms are good, but like for the for really understanding, I think just really talking to someone in person is is important. Yeah, it sounds like you're describing like the reason that professors exist uh, in the first place, right? Like there's something that the platforms and the content creation is not fulfilling and the reading group creates something that's similar enough to the classroom that you can actually, you know, have a back and forth, have a conversation. Speaking of school, you're in school now. Do you want to tell us what are you studying? Computer science. I'm taking a lot of out major classes in the humanities and social sciences. But that's just like, I have to be a computer science major because there's no way that I'm like, I don't want to be an academic because the job market is terrible. I don't want to be an artist because the job market is terrible. That's true. And you don't, (laughs) right. And you don't need an art degree. Like, you know, this is like, that was an important thing. My mom went to art school. My dad was a musician, is a musician for like all of his life. You're creative in your own right, though. You're, you're a phenomenal, very strong poster. (laughs) <laughs> which is its own type of creative practice. True. Yeah, no, you're right. I I believe in this. Yeah. Um so I'm studying computer science like so that I can have financial independence and actually do the work of learning politics and making art and learning art. You fell for the learn to code meme. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Most of the people I talk to seem to have a divide between their IRL friends and their URL friends. So I'm curious, does that hold true for you? Are those friend groups separate? Is there a degree of overlap? Yeah, they're separate. I made a lot of connections on Tumblr. You know, people lived all over the US, but we were never really that close. And I kind of lost touch with them when I I moved away from Tumblr and I, I just stopped caring about it as much. Of your IRL friends, are they somewhat interested in politics or not interested in politics at all? Most of them are not interested in politics in the same way that I am, like they're basically just liberals, but they have, they have a certain sense because we're all zoomers of the kind of thing that happens in political spaces online. And that stuff bleeds out into the culture so heavily through memes and stuff. And also because I influence them, like I send them, you know, these bizarre niche memes about stuff like that. Everyone I've ever been in a relationship with has had like a good, a fairly good online political awareness. What about your life outside of politics? What else do you do to occupy your time? I like to make music. I use Ableton and I go to the gym like every day. What's the best thing about the sleeper cell? There's a common cultural context that every, maybe not everyone has, everyone has to some extent. You can throw out 
these terms that, that no one in my real life will recognize. Like not even the people I'm closest to know like what Kaliak is, or they don't understand like what's going on with NFTs or like the history of like certain, you know, left movements. Like no one knows that shit. And I, I'm always the one who has to like, if I want to talk about something that actually interests me, I have to start from the bottom and explain everything, which is exhausting. <laughs> and no one like, no one wants yeah, you to yeah. do that either. So like, if you bring up hyperstition to a normal person, they just fucking walk away. That's yeah. 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 You have been through Tumblr. You've been through YouTube and discord and Instagram of your experience online in the last few years. Do you feel like politics and online subcultures are more fragmented now or is it being pruned and now there's like relatively less channels and less voices my answer to that question is going to be grounded in the fact that i just don't look into those places with as much interest anymore because i you know i'm set and i have shit to do like when you're a kid that kind of play is really important especially to adolescence you know, finding out what you want to call yourself, how, who you want to identify with. The fact that that coincided for so many people with a crisis at the level of like global politics maybe meant that there was an, there was like a special, a special fracture there. And today I don't see people, yeah, there isn't really a place where people are, you know, smithing those new ways of thinking about themselves or about the world. It's also, it may be a question of scope and scale and just as interested as you are, you can zoom in forever and you can find minute differences between a dozen different accounts and occupy yourself forever because these spaces can have infinite resolution. I guess that is part of what the newsfeed helps to do is this constant treadmill makes you feel like even a very small world can be very active and very detailed. And yeah. And there's also not the political possibility of the Bernie campaign. What's next for you? What are you working on now? Trying to get my grades up, get a job after I graduate. How much time do you have left? Two years? One year after this one. One year. One year after this. Okay. And then hopefully read, like go and like read Capital and do like platypus reading groups and like really get a really good sense for the texts of the history of politics and the left. Without being a little bit too cheesy here, uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you in the community. Your contributions in the reading group are uh, essential, very insightful, and it's just been uh, a very meaningful experience that I'm glad that we get to put it on the record and everything. So thank you so much.